What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. This organization, you know, enabled not just for me, but for thousands of students. Um, sure. The opportunity to attain higher edu- education. So I kind of feel that responsibility um, of what I can mm-hmm. do to, you know, pay it forward. And so that's why it's very much ingrained in, <laughs> in my own beliefs and what my activities and teaching, I think, is just one of the best vehicles. To- Jimena Boma Perez is a graduate of Rice University with a bachelor's degree in cognitive science. Jemina grew up in a family where volunteering was a way of life. Her mom was her role model. When Jemina was looking at colleges, her high school counselor suggested she look at Rice University. Jemina hadn't heard of Rice and actually thought it was funny to have a college named after a food item. But all that changed after visiting the campus and feeling welcoming and a sense of belonging. Jemina joins us today to tell us her entire rice story. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. My first impression of rice was definitely being a small, tight-knit community, uh, which I found to be true once I actually started attending. It was always rice. I knew after doing my campus visits, particularly that mm-hmm. it just the sense of welcomeness and belonging that I felt immediately um, when I did the owl days are called for the admitted uh-huh. student weekend right. um, at rice that I just didn't quite feel um, at other universities because rice is very rigorous academically. Um, so really, you know, working uh, with, you know, the staff and faculty to form better study plans, reaching out for support, going to office hours, um, and also working with my other students. Teach for China specifically, um, essentially it's a two-year commitment to teach in underserved areas of China. And so I had done an internship at Teach for America um, National Headquarters between my uh, sophomore and junior year of college. And so that's Mm -hmm. how I learned about, you know, more both Teach for America, but the Teach for All network. Um, And as my junior year, I actually began studying Mandarin Chinese um, language studies, just a personal passion and interest of mine. Um, Uh I was, you know, reached out to if I would be interested in promoting the the program on campus. I would say, don't be shy to express yourselves in your application. Don't be shy to pursue very deeply your passions, your talents. As I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of the Rice student body really blew Mm -hmm. me away with their, you know, extreme interest um, or, you know, quirkiness in a particular (laughs) subject matter. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Jamina. So without further delay, over to Jamina Boma Perez. Hey, Jamina, how are you? Doing well. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Let me first uh, welcome you to our podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. 
Okay, thank you so much for making the time. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Sure thing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, we're going to talk about your life at Rice as an undergrad. And um, stories like yours are extremely beneficial to our audience, which is a bunch of aspiring students, college students, and um, primarily international at this point. But uh, I think these are hopefully both informative and inspiring to these uh, folks. So with that, uh, if you're ready, we can jump right in. Ready. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So maybe the best place to start is uh, looking back a little bit, your overall impressions of Rice, now that you're a few years away from that. Um, what, do you, what do you feel? Yeah, my first impression of Rice was definitely being a small, tight-knit community, uh, which I found to be true once I actually started attending. Uh -huh. um, so for some background, I'm originally from Maryland, uh -huh. um, on the East Coast, and Texas, um, I'd never been to Texas before, Rice University is in Houston, Texas, right. and I did not know about Rice um, until actually my senior year of high school when I was working with my high school counselor, and based off just my profile of, you know, my SAT, GPA, extracurriculars, um, they recommended to me that I considered looking into Rice University. Uh -huh. So definitely it was kind of like, okay, what is this university? I hadn't heard of it. It's named after a food. So it was kind of a little bit funny to me. Um, but when I just started doing my investigations, um, seeing the small student to faculty ratio, um, the emphasis on the undergraduate life and also just the beauty of the campus um, is particularly beautiful. Um, it really sure. then started to draw my attention more and um, quickly became my top choice um, when actually submitting my applications. Did you consider um, any other schools other than Rice at that point or um, were you yes, pretty yeah. much set on Rice? I, I was keeping my options open um, to the other schools that I was admitted to. And like, definitely they're all fantastic schools as well. Um, and for me, it was always Rice. I knew after doing my campus visits, particularly that mm -hmm. it just the sense of welcomeness and belonging that I felt immediately um, when I did the owl days are called for the admitted uh -huh. student weekend right. um, at Rice that I just didn't quite feel um, at other universities. Um, you know, because there's no Greek life system is a um, unique characteristic of Rice. And so uh -huh. it's actually a residential college system. So uh -huh. a big part um, when you are, you know, accepted into Rice is, and you, you know, decide to attend, you're sorted into one of 11. And actually Rice just recently announced that they're now expanding. There's going to be more residential colleges coming soon. Um, mm -hmm. But you're sorted into one of these houses um, that has their own unique traditions and customs and, you know, friendly rivalries with other colleges um, on campus. And it's just, you know, there's no pressure of like the sorority or fraternity type rush or um, pressure to fit in. It's just very much um, come as you are and you are immediately kind of have like your family from day one. Um, mm -hmm. So that was what really um, was like the selling point for me. And the other one was also just financial considerations as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so thankfully, like Rice had offered a very generous um, financial package 
Uh-huh. And even more so to this day, actually, since I graduated, Rice has announced the Rice Commitment, uh-huh. um, which is guaranteed uh, full funding um, for certain income levels that, you know, it's actually pretty, um, pretty generous, a pretty high range um, that it goes up to even, you know, for some what would be traditionally considered higher income levels, there's still partial guaranteed uh, financial support. So that taking into consideration as well, as well as the external scholarship I received, the Bill and Melinda Gates a Millennial Scholarship sure. uh, was really what kind of sealed the deal that, okay, you know, thankfully not having the financial constraints or barriers um, in the way I was able to choose and attend Rice. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you know what what kind of things you were doing in high school what kind of interests what uh, what were you passionate about yeah I was pretty involved with the high school newspaper mm-hmm. um, I did technical crew for theater so just working behind the scenes um, particularly with props and costumes mm-hmm. uh, I also so really big in volunteering I volunteered regularly at a nursing home and as well in my local faith community um, church. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of my um, after school activities as well. And then just for my personal free time interests, I was very much into video games and animes. (laughs) Um, So had that kind of background as well. Okay, so you show up at Rice. the first semester. So how was that transition from high school to Rice now? It was challenging. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, it was, a, you know, my first time living in Texas, away from home for the first time. I'm also first-generation college student. Um, mm-hmm. So just getting used to what it means to be a college student um, and navigating the system with financial aid, um, just signing up for classes, and thankfully, Rice had such a great infrastructure to support. Um, they have an orientation week or O week, as we call it. Um, mm-hmm. That's really kind of, it's a fun boot camp, but it's uh-huh. a very intensive week of uh-huh. bonding um, with not only your residential college um, and your fellow new students, but also really getting to meet uh, faculty members, mentors, and just getting as prepped as possible. Um, so even for students, who may have shared my background and this could have been, you know, very unfamiliar um, <laughs> territory. <laughs> right. Um, I really did feel supported um, in, you know, making those initial steps to acclimating to college life. Um, and it, there's always going to be bumps, I think, just in any new chapter of a life. Sure, um, sure. I think in high school, I may not have, I was a good student, but um, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> coast as quite um as I could in high school at Rice because Rice is very rigorous academically. Um, so really, you know, working uh, with, you know, the staff and faculty to form better study plans, reaching out for support, going to office hours, um, and also working with my other students to um, really help in kind of solidifying how to adjust to what was more rigorous um, academic lifestyle than what I was used to before. So how did you find your uh, classmates and peers? Great. Um, I really can't speak enough on the bonds that you form with the other mm-hmm. students at Rice. I think, um, as I said earlier, the tight-knit community of Rice and that kind of family feel 
um, mm-hmm. with, you know, the residential college system is just so true. Um, and Rice has like ranked in, you know, whatever these rankings are like Princeton Review, et cetera, for having happiest students or uh, quality of life and best class race interactions as well. Um, uh-huh. To this day, like I am still very close with my my Rice colleagues, um, you form friendships that last a lifetime and more. Um, so I am married as well to <laughs> a, a fellow Rice um, student or alum at this point now. But yeah, you really um, just, it's so um, communal. It's really a community that everyone is kind of celebrated for their quirkiness. That's kind of a characteristic you'll find in common with a lot of Rice students. Everyone has like their unique <laughs> uh, <laughs> traits or um just little uh, aspects that I think Rice really does seek in its applicant pool. There's this section on the application that's like the Rice box um, Uh where you're allowed to put whatever. Um, And it's really just to allow applicants to kind of just express whatever way they feel fit. And I do see that reflected um, in the student body where it's like, wow, you meet people with such wide range um, passions or talents. So it's always like super fascinating to just sit down and pick the brains of the other rights um, students <laughs> and alum. How did you find the classes? I, I know you mentioned there was a lot of academic rigor, but how was the teaching, uh, the professors? Yeah, I so I studied cognitive sciences for background. Um, right. And I do feel that it's, really true the the small um ratio that they have student to faculty i believe it's six to one um so you have small mm-hmm. class sizes and professors really do try to make themselves accessible um as i mentioned office hours are not just something that you know is put on the syllabus but it's true they encourage you to come and show up and speak with them and not just for academic work too but i feel that i was even able to develop relationships um, outside of the classroom with their engagement with the residential college systems. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, programs such called associates um, or RAs, and they yeah. would, you know, come to lunches to just sit and chat with students um, as well as participate in, you know, they would go to cultural shows. Um, so you wouldn't just always necessarily see them only in the classroom, but you can also um, get to interact with them outside as well. And I, really do think that there's just this emphasis on that undergraduate teaching. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, yes, it's very much a research um, institution focused, um, but they really do push the professors or, or the professors naturally, I believe actually, just really <laughs> want to make sure that they um, are really prioritizing the teaching aspect. So there are, you know, awards and um, things that they do to highlight these um, these professors and their teaching. So really, really um, perhaps not common to all universities aspect, um, but I do feel that it really rang true at Rice. I do want to talk a bit more about your cognitive science, but we come back to it. So let's sort of talk a little bit about the campus life. Um, You mentioned the residential college system. Anything more you want to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's just such a plethora of 
clubs and almost too many. It's like you want to sign up to do it all, but um, you actually have to you know, make sure you are maintaining your study life balance. Um, but there's so many clubs. Um, so I was, like I mentioned in high school, I was really involved with volunteering. And that was something I continued at Rice, um, working with a variety of different um, organizations like the Rice Service Council, which was kind of like the overarching um, community surf- service focused um, mm-hmm. group. Um, and also just doing direct outreach to local area schools, um, doing one-on-one mentoring, tutoring, um, Mm -hmm. as well as on campus. I also did English as a second language tutoring to um, the housing and dining staff at Rice. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Another thing I was involved with was recreational sports, um, powder puff, which is uh, (laughs) flag football for women. Um, So my residential college was particularly good (laughs) at (laughs) flag football. So it was an honored to be on the team, um, but that was, you know, something that a lot of um, people engaged with club sports um, from call, you know, from soccer, water polo, um, tennis, it was just anything that you would be interested in playing, you could find a group. Um, and I would say that there was also a lot of events as well to, you know, share culture um, and people's identities. A lot of, um, really interesting shows that I've been able to attend and learn and try different foods. Um, definitely feel that the diversity um, is really celebrated um, and shared throughout. I noticed that one of the things you were uh, involved in was Teach for China. You were a campus ambassador. What is that about? Yeah, so Teach for China is part of the Teach for All network. Um, so the one that we have in the United States is Teach for America that some people yeah. may be familiar with, but it is um, a global organization in multiple countries. I can't think of the number up by the time I had because it's continuously growing, but Teach for China yeah. specifically, um, essentially it's a two-year commitment to teach in underserved areas of China. And so I had done an internship at Teach for America um, national headquarters between my uh, sophomore and junior year of college. And so that's mm-hmm. how I learned about you know, more both Teach for America, but the Teach for All network. Um, and as my junior year, I actually began studying Mandarin Chinese um, language studies, just a personal passion and interest of mine. Um, uh-huh. I was, you know, reached out to if I would be interested in promoting the, the program on campus. So essentially, it was kind of a recruitment type position to mm-hmm. share with um, those who were be graduating that year to look into would you be interested um, in going to China for two years in teaching, um, uh-huh. which is, you know, just a mission I believe in it in greatly, the closing inequality um, in education achievement. So I was able to connect with students, both in my Chinese um, classes, but also Asian studies department, and just give brief presentations on Teach for China, the mission, what the commitment would look like. Um, and then connect them more formally with the organization to those who express interest on then pursuing <laughs> upon graduation this two-year commitment in China, which, yeah, I, I did know some people of my colleagues um, who actually signed up and went to China for two years and had really cool experiences, really challenging experiences as well, um, because, yeah, it's specifically working with schools who just unfortunately don't receive all of them resources that they may need. Um, But this is precisely why Teach for China, Teach for All exists to counter that. 
So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your summers. You alluded to one uh, just now. So what did you do the different summers uh, that you were in at Rice? Yeah. So the summer after my freshman year, I was kind of in a rut, actually, for the month leading up to, you know, the end of the spring semester. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go home um, and (laughs) relax. (laughs) Um, But then I was actually contacted, going back to what I was speaking about, how professors really do reach out to students and try to promote and share opportunities. I was contacted by um, one of my Spanish professors if I would be interested in a volunteer um, opportunity in Nicaragua for the summer. It was through an organization called Amigos de las Americas. And he just, you know, reached out to me, said, hey, I saw this bulletin, thought you may be interested in it. And I was. <laughs> so uh-huh. um, I was able to go to Nicaragua for two months, um, volunteering in a very rural community um, in Boaco, um, a region more in central area. Mm-hmm. And from there, I assisted the local community in the it was essentially sharing knowledge on how to use um, computers and laptops. Um, yeah, so this yeah. was a community of 350 people that um, did not have general broad internet connection um, or services, didn't have uh, laptops. And so we, in conjunction, I was working with um, a Nicaraguan volunteer as well as one other American volunteer. Uh, we lived in the community for two months um, and we're just doing these workshops um, with laptops sure. um, that were, you know, they were given to the community and uh, teaching both adults, teenagers and children um, how to use um, because more than ever, right, we use and depend on computers and laptops just even for submitting or finding out about what we're talking about now, college opportunities. You need to have an internet connection. You need to um, have the resources to connect to the internet. Um, so that was a pretty cool um, opportunity. <laughs> um, sure. I, after that, my summer, after sophomore year, between, yeah, sophomore year, yeah. was Teach for America, working in their headquarters in New York City and mm-hmm. working on the communications team. And so that was focused primarily on just promoting uh, Teach for America, uh, getting the word out and also highlighting those who um, were accomplishing great things in their classrooms and contacting local newspapers um, with stories about, you know, hometown heroes <laughs> or uh-huh, um, uh-huh. just different people they can highlight from Teach for America. And then after that, I guess during my junior year after that internship, I realized that Teach for America was something I wanted to do myself. <laughs> um, and uh, so, focusing that how can I hone, you know, now my teaching skills even more. Um, I worked with an organization called Breakthrough Houston, um, the mm-hmm. national organization, um, nonprofit that's Breakthrough Collaborative is the official name, uh, but I was specifically mm-hmm. in Houston and I was a teacher for incoming ninth grade students um, teaching English literature and a French elective. Um, so it was just very much on the ground. Like we had the very set schedule. It was pretty much summer school, but for very high achieving, talented students um, from mm-hmm. the Houston area. So got to start rushing or I guess developing <laughs> my teaching skills for what I didn't ultimately um, did after graduating as well. Talk a little bit about this passion for teaching and outreach. I mean, uh, it seems like it was a big part of your 
uh, rice years and subsequently mm-hmm. um, speak to that where, where does that come from and um, where do you think it, it's going I know you're doing some other things now but yeah I, it comes from both you know my home upbringing um, my <laughs> mom is the biggest volunteer I can <laughs> point to all the time so it was just very much instilled from childhood the importance of serving the community of giving back um Mm -hmm. so just from as I mentioned high school I was active um in you know working at the nursing home or with my church and then also being a recipient of a direct outreach program through the the Gates Millennial Scholarship um Mm -hmm. without that security that I would you know be able to attend the college of my choice without having to concern myself with the um, the cost was wasn't a direct um, you know initiative um, from the Gates Foundation to target. So to give some background on the eligibility requirements for the Gates Scholarship, you have to be sure. Pell Grant eligible. Um, and Pell uh-huh. Grant is in reference to the FAFSA kind of family income determinations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I my family was eligible um, coming from you know below the threshold. Um, and yeah, that's, as I mentioned as well, first generation college student and also the gay scholarship is specifically for minorities um, in yeah. the United States. So without that, it's kind of like, okay, I have to pay it forward, right? Someone um, or this organization, you know, enabled not just for me, but for thousands of students, um, sure. the opportunity to attain higher edu- education. So I kind of feel that, responsibility um, of what I can Mm -hmm. do to, you know, pay it forward. And so that's why it's very much ingrained in, (laughs) in my own beliefs and what my activities in teaching, I think is just one of the best vehicles to be Mm -hmm. able to reach out to community, right? Education is just such a a cornerstone um, for, for people to have the tools and resources to, you know, better themselves um, and really just become aware um, or have access to things that they wouldn't have had before. No, that's 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 hugely commendable. So I really congratulate you for that and for all that you're doing. Let's sort of seg to the major you ultimately picked, cognitive sciences. Tell us, um, is that something that you came into college with, or is that something that you discovered, how did you finally end up picking that? Yeah, it came a little by happenstance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went in as an econ economics major, which right. quickly fell off. Um, I realized after my first semester that it just was not of you know personal interest and in not knocking anyone who pursues econ, but it was just sure, not sure. for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of was in a rut my second semester freshman year is like well okay econ not working out but I don't really know what's instead so I thankfully to rice they have a lot of flexibility to allow students to explore and take some time you don't have to declare your major um, until your Uh second semester of your sophomore year so Mm -hmm. I was like okay this is kind of my sandbox semester (laughs) I'm just going to take some courses that just you know catch my attention um, and so mm-hmm. I had enrolled in a psychology course and another course, which um, was teaching English as a second language 
um, methodologies. And it was those two courses, the psychology and um, linguistic um, ESL course that really sparked in me, okay, <laughs> these are just two subject matters that already personally interest me, but that also connect to what I was already trying to formulate my ideas that I wanted to work in education. Um, and education requires working with people. So psychology, being able to understand others um, and linguistics, uh, being able to understand the structure and methodologies that are most effective for teaching foreign language. So for uh-huh. more further context, my um, mother is immigrant and um, English is their second language. And yeah. just growing up um, being, you know, kind of an assistant sometimes for her for English um, as well as um, my sisters. So that was just something that rang to me that, okay, this is something that I can (laughs) actually dedicate myself to and study more formally. So cognitive sciences um, is kind of an interdisciplinary major at Rice uh, where it has Uh the psychology, linguistics, also philosophy components um, of philosophy of the mind, computer science, um, artificial intelligence, primarily, and of course, neuroscience. Um, And I was just greatly um, compelled, (laughs) just also having that variety in one major that, you know, I'm not just completely singling myself to psychology and linguistics courses, but I'm also, you know, learning about computer programming too, and um, just general philosophy. So being able to kind of have that all in one major um, just made sense to me um, for my own interests. I mean, from this conversation, you you had a full life, so to speak, at Rice. And um, if you were to go back and relive those four years, what would you do differently, if anything? Yeah, I would say this is, sounds maybe silly, but I wish I could take more classes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know if many people would say that. <laughs> Um, but I, I wish I could because there was such a wealth of offerings. Um, uh-huh. And I, I, yes, I'm glad that I focused on my area that already there was such a wide range of disciplines that were to be explored in my major. Um, but mm-hmm. I wish that, you know, I just tried to branch out a little bit more um, while still keeping in mind, right? You don't want to stretch yourself too thin. Um, and some people sure. tease right students for being like, double major double minor triple major um, (laughs) which is good for them Um, but I I do wish that perhaps if I could return to Rice I would take more classes or perhaps just shop around more too Um, I would definitely would love to take more advantage of those you know fantastic professors and just such a you know interesting range like there were courses like cooking with chef rogers like that's you know <laughs> i could learn the cooking even if yes it may not have fit into my major plan but um and just there's also a lot of student course led course um student-led coursework so mm-hmm. being able to learn from student instructors um i wish i could have done a little bit more from that but yeah that would be the one thing You'd be surprised, actually. This is the number one thing I hear from oh, really? most uh, alumni. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They wish they wished they could explore more, and that they were not. Yeah, that they had not been 
so quote unquote scared of trying mm-hmm. courses that were difficult or seemed hard and not be so gpa focused so that was yes. that's been a pretty interesting thing to hear so you're not alone so good to know um, <laughs> Now, how do you think um, Rice has shaped what you're doing, you know, now? Um, how much impact do you think Rice has had on you? I, great impact. It's hard to measure how much, um, but definitely one thing that's kind of a mantra at Rice is this culture of care um, and looking out for one another. And so already coming in with that belief in giving back and working with others um, kind of was just reiterated through RICE, um, RICE's services in general to prepare you for the life after college to so the career student services. Um, mm-hmm. I was involved with as well, you know, having very much in-depth guidance um, in pursuing, you know, or investigating career paths or um, preparing your resume, even just setting up your LinkedIn profile, things like that. Mm-hmm. They definitely, um, really prepare you for that real world exposure as well. And then just the, you know, the quality of the education. It's a, a fantastic institution, uh, just brilliant students, brilliant faculty uh, that you are learning for. So conversations that still stick with me and have influenced, you know, my own ideologies um, to this day just can't, <laughs> it's can't be measured. <laughs> wanted you to kind of look ahead at sort of the army of students out there, aspiring students, hoping to make it to a good college and one like Rice. And what would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give them both from an application point of view and also from a college life point of view? I would say don't be shy to express yourselves in your application. Don't be shy to pursue very deeply your passions, your talents. As I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of the Rice student body really blew mm-hmm. me away with their you know, extreme interest um, or you know, quirkiness in a particular <laughs> subject matter. Um, but I mm-hmm. think Rice really values that. And I feel that sometimes there's this impression that we have to check all of the boxes. We have to be this, you know, quote unquote, well-rounded student. Um, and I believe Rice really does value those who are like, well, I know what I like and I know what I'm passionate about and I just really want to dig into it um, and don't feel that pressure that, you know, if you're maybe not so passionate about something else that you have to do it anyway because that's what's expected of you. I don't think that's the case with Rice. I think you are allowed to just come as you are. Um, and mm-hmm. obviously, I Rice values people who are curious and want to learn about others. And so another aspect would be those who express interest or investment um, in the community, in others, as I mentioned, that culture of care mantra. Right. So being able to kind of share how you connect with others um, and seek to connect with others is also incredibly valued since community and the community aspect of the residential college system of the Rice campus in general is huge. (laughs) So those would be two things I would say. 
now we're sort of nearing the end of our podcast and um, it's a time I like to sort of just offer from a point of view of talking about anything that we haven't covered or things you want to expand on, maybe some favorite memory or tradition at Rice, anything that you think uh, would be interesting. Yeah. Well, I can't talk about rice without mentioning beer bike, <laughs> which is one of the okay. traditions on rice campus. And don't get scared by the name. It is fine. Yeah. Um, it is just the, the name because historically um, that was the beverage consumed. But <laughs> beer bike <laughs> is a tradition that is just a big bike race. Um, and mm-hmm. yes, as I mentioned, it's modified today to you know actually have water but it's essentially a relay style race uh where Uh there is one um athlete (laughs) i suppose quote-unquote athlete who has to chug a bottle of water um and Uh upon chugging that bottle of water then the biker gets you know the indication to go around the track um and so it's a huge competition um one of the biggest sources of rivalry between the residential colleges um (laughs) it's almost like we call it christmas in march (laughs) because there's just so much anticipation and build up and training um of the bikers training for the the water chuckers um (laughs) and then week of you know there's like the water balloon fights um just a fantastic tradition that is a ton a ton of fun and a lot of school spirit really comes out um, so that's one of my fondest rice memories each year, um, and sure. even going back as an alum to this day. Um, <laughs> also want to speak to the alternative spring break trips um, that rice mm-hmm. does. Um, so essentially, this is an opportunity for students to lead and organize trips um, during the spring break holiday to tackle um, and study firsthand a social justice issue. Um, so it can range from subjects such as climate change and the environment to, um, you know, what a group I led one year was related to immigration and visiting the border. Mm-hmm. So there are trips that, you know, disperse um, both within Texas, but across the nation as well to really week of service, which completely speaks to me, but I think speaks to, as I was saying, that rice commitment to giving back and serving and learning um, from others. So really cool opportunity. Um, as well. And just the traditions, you know, the colors of the residential colleges, the squirrels, the Sammy the Owl, the chants and cheers Mm -hmm. of the residential colleges. Um, There's Mm -hmm. just so many nuances, these little niche traditions that Rice has. um, That's something that I always remember is like, you will meet someone new on campus and after asking their name the second question is what residential college are you and what college are you Um, because you just really identify so closely with it Um, whenever I meet an alum even if we didn't know each other during college it's like immediately like which college Um, (laughs) so it's just very much it sticks with you um, beyond you know the hedges we call it um, rice's like a little garden of Eden in the mid hall of Houston so yeah that sounds fantastic. Okay, Jamina, this has been awesome. Uh, you've been very, very generous, both with your time and stories. I, I'm sure that the audience is going to find this very, very beneficial. So thank you again so much for your time. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more. But for now, thank you. Take care. Be safe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And my pleasure. Thank you for hosting and 
yeah, stay safe. We'll be in touch. Okay. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Jamina Boma Perez about Rice University. Jamina experienced a full college life. She majored in a rich area like cognitive science, which brought together her wide array of interests. Jamina played football, engaged in community outreach, pursued education with Teach for America and Teach for China. As a personal passion, she started learning Mandarin in her junior year. I hope Jamina's story inspires you to research Rice University for your undergraduate pursuits. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Matters. matters.